0: Well, welcome, everyone. This is another episode of Leadership Powered by Common Sense. I'm Doug Thorpe, as always, and today I have a, a new friend and somewhat colleague. Her name is Michelle Nedelec. Uh, Michelle, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, Michelle and I met through a really powerful network of uh, podcasters and entrepreneurs, and it's an exciting thing. We'll probably talk about that in a little bit. But what I'd like to do, Michelle, just as is a bit of a tradition on this show, tell everybody a little bit about your background and journey and uh, what kind of experiences have gotten you to where you are right now.
1: <laughs> you on the five-second version? Or yeah, the, we'll, we'll, have three
0: short. we'll have to keep it short.
1: <laughs> Awesome. So I am the creative director and co founder of my company, Awareness Strategies, and we do done for you technology, marketing technology for small businesses. And uh, the way we got into that was I was a speaker and I did facilitated courses on success and mindset. And we knew that we had to kind of pivot in about 2015, 16. Everybody wanted us to go online. We're like, okay, but it doesn't translate in marketing. Very well. We need to pick one thing. What's the one result that we're going to ensure that we get? And we can do all the mind stuff, set stuff in the back end. And as we were delving into this and trying to figure out where we wanted to plant our flag, we realized that a lot of people were having issues with the tech side of things. And I happen to be fortunate that my partner in business and pleasure, as we like to say, is a big techie. He did uh, software projects for the Hal Burton's, IBMs of the world, the multi million dollar programs and from scratch and so uh knowing that he was capable of doing it (laughs) clearly i said let's let's go do this you do the work i'll sell it and i'll go have fun talk to other people on podcasts (laughs) you go do the work and so that's what we do
0: that's awesome so uh, help us understand a little more about the uh, uh, range of of services that are in your offering
1: absolutely so we start from uh, the website if you will, the from the face uh, value of a company, kind of the the looking into the company, and then more importantly, we're structuring the work that we do around the technology of the company. So we're looking at the CRM and how that integrates with their emails, their affiliate marketing, their uh, their opt-ins, their um, course management, and then whatever other peripheral work somebody might have so in the speaker realm it's making sure that you know your clients have access to your courses and that uh, that's all working well and that your landing pages and your website is attractive to those people and that you have the right <laughs> pages up for events or challenges things like that depending on what they have and then getting into kind of the professional realm of the business Uh, automation, and looking at how does marketing integrate with sales and, 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 and. So we're looking at everything from their, their strategy all the way down to the tactics. And, you know, if they need videos edited and things like that, uh, we have people that, that focus on that. So we have specialists in almost every area that you can imagine in, in digital marketing.
0: No, oh, great, great. Well, so is there a particular sort of avatar profile target company that you best serve?
1: We are looking at kind of the 1 million to 20 million dollar companies right now, and they can be in almost any industry because a lot of them operate the same way. And uh, and because of Brad's background with the bigger companies, obviously he can get into kind of what whatever uh, divisions they have within their company and making sure that they are up to date on the technology of what can can do those fun things. Because if somebody's say a, a plumber and they have 10 trucks going out, and, right? They need to make sure that everybody's got their jobs and that they're getting quotes online and the clients are getting signatures that salespeople know when those contracts are coming back. All of those processes can be automated and we just want to make sure that the companies are running as efficiently as possible, relying on computers where there's redundant job tasks that people are really sloppy at and they <laughs> don't tend to do really well at those yeah. and that people get to do the fun and sloppy things like, you know, talking to clients and having conversations with them.
0: Yeah, great. So it sounds like if I'm hearing you right, you you actually can provide some technological software type bridges to connect things if, if the company doesn't already have that going on.
1: Well, and even if they do have it going on and it's just not working for them, we can figure out kind of why it's not working. So once upon a time, when I set up our tech, I set up what I lovingly call my Frankenware and Frank and I had a love, hate relationship. So it was was kind of a patchwork of software of, I need, you know, a shopping cart to do this. I need a, um, a CRM to do that. I need all these different pieces. So I kind of stuck them together and, and poor Frank would lose an eye or an arm every time somebody did an update. And, and then of course, when I passed that off to Brad, he's like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? That's what entrepreneurs do. when They don't have a clue what they're doing. And so, yeah, he, he discovered a system that could do everything I wanted to do and more, a lot more effectively than poor Frank. So we, yeah. we dismantled Frank.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like that description. And and boy, it's uh, spot on, I think, with what a lot of business owners uh, start out with and evolve into, Mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, you find a piece that looks like it's really good, like a CRM, and then you, even in that, you might go through two iterations of that before you kind of zero in on something you like. And I, I know I personally, I've burned through about four different CRMs because I, you know, don't like that one for one reason and this one for another and so on and so on. But um, yeah. uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm just curious, so all of that aside, let, let's talk a little bit about maybe your own reflection as a person developing a, a, an ongoing and scaling business. Um, What are some of the bumps in the road that you were confronted with and had the biggest challenges getting over and through?
1: (laughs) Well, one of
0: besides your Frankenweir, yeah.
1: Well, and even when we so after we started doing that, I was basically in charge of project management. I was talking to the clients and figuring out what do they want, helping them to strategize, and then parlaying that to the team. And getting things done. And I quickly realized that the dotting of the I's and the crossing of the T's and making sure that I had the right information from the client to give to the text. So, let's just say my skill set wasn't really up there. So I, uh, due to an immense amount of frustration and going like this is not my jam. it's <laughs> not what I do, this is not what I do. I can strategize with you all day long and I can give that to the tech department and go ahead okay this is what needs to happen but then somebody needs to go back to the client and go okay I need to know this exact little bit of information I need I need this I need that what's your login what's your, you know are we really doing this on a website or do you have software that does this you know all that stuff it's like oh, okay that's in the weeds it's not my forte so doing that was Painful for me, and just brought up the whole wow, you're not good enough. You don't know what you're doing. What the hell are you think you're supposed to be going into this? I'm like, ah, no business. How am I so pathetic at this? So I quickly fired myself and went like, I'm not doing this anymore. We got to figure out another way to <laughs> to implement that. That employee no longer works for the company because you know she caused a lot of chaos and she needs to get <laughs> out of here. So and then we restructured things and uh, and put in some team leads for the clients and things work a lot better. I get to talk to you on podcasts and have fun and <laughs> to do what I do best. Uh, and yeah, that was not a fun growing experience, but I think it also had to, had to be done it, by necessity. There was nobody else to do it at that time. And so I, I filled the void that needed to be filled, but fortunately we didn't prolong the agony <laughs> further than we had to, you know, it was just, just long enough. And, uh, yeah it 's working much better now, thank God
0: <laughs> well, you know what i 'm hearing is even in uh, you know with the basic business model be being about creating deliverables for clients um, you 're right if if you the founder you 're great at the strategy big picture stuff, talking people through solving problems, but then when you agree on a direction handing that off to the tacticians and technical people that can make it happen and actually turn it into something is, um, you know, can be a a daunting challenge to an owner to give up. And that's where I spend most of my time coaching and advising business owners is in that, you know, let go, you know, release the grip on the steering wheel. You're okay. You know, it, it can be all right. And um, or or step away from the car, you know, whatever
1: it may be. Back away slowly. <laughs>
0: uh, and and that that is a, a it is a gut wrenching moment sometimes.
1: Well, and there's there's fun aspects to it too. That I mean, oftentimes we'll find the thing that we're not good at, we want to get rid of quickly, <laughs> it's like, and we'll make the mistake of giving it to anybody, which is also a mistake. Um, a lot of people do that in their tech, they get a VA and they go, here, go learn the software and figure it out. And it's like, I have no clue what doing when it comes to software. Like, why would you, g- I can organize your desk, like until the cows come home, but don't ask me to be, you know, knee deep in tech. So that in itself can be a big mistake is just wanting to get rid of it to anybody and the things that we love to do, but they create bottlenecks in our system. So if I'm the most fantastic. You know painter, and I'm not letting anybody in my business paint because I want to make sure that it's all done right. That one can you know halt a company faster than anything, and it's that love of doing the thing. we got to yeah. figure out okay if I'm gonna do the thing, then who's gonna run the business
0: right, right and uh, what do what do you think are some of the reasons that owners hang on to that that thing you know like wanting to be the painter?
1: Sad to say, I think a lot of it's ego and, and I get it that, you know, when we do the sales pitch, we're, we're selling ourselves and going, Hey, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be perfect. I know it's going to be perfect because that's how I do it. And then we hand it off to somebody else and it's not perfect. And we're like, okay, we're not doing that again. (laughs) Instead of looking at the overarching conversation that we're having with our clients going, do our clients even expect it to be perfect? Or do they want it to be, you know, the right color? Do they want it to be the right look and feel? And oftentimes, you know, done is the new perfect. And it, especially if we're having a, the proper conversation with people that they want to get the result, and what does perfect mean to them? Not necessarily just us. And how do we how do we empower our team to be able to create that for them?
0: Yeah, yeah, that is so hard, and and sometimes. Uh the The more I do this, I kind of work kind of what I realize sometimes people are hanging on to things because they honestly don't know what it looks like if they'll hand it off. And, and what I when I say that, I, I'm talking about a very basic level of if for whatever reason, you've actually never managed people before. You know, like you didn't come out of corporate where you were managing people. Now you've started a business and you're running things. If if you've just been a I don't know an accountant or an engineer or something like that, and you've started this business and you've actually never managed people, you can hear a coach all day long tell you you got to let go, you got to find a VA, you got to hire a person, and it's just. It's a it's a dark mystery on what that would look like and how do I even think about doing that?
1: It's terrifying. And there's a lot of people make the mistake of waiting until they need to have somebody. And I think the problem with that is that my advice to people, especially entrepreneurs, when they're acquiring a new asset of any type, whether it's human resources or otherwise, is to ask more questions than you're putting money on the table. And in order to be able to do that, you have to be in a position where the alligators aren't consuming you. They're not biting at you right now, right? You need a little bit of space to be able to go, oh, and what kind of questions should I be asking? And, you know, what does this really mean? And you said this thing over and over again, I have no idea what you meant by that. What is that? You know, and oftentimes if we're stressed by a decision, we won't step back and ask, what did you mean by that? And we're just taking a salesperson's Catch at face value and going, Oh yeah, clearly it's epic and awesome because you just told me it 's epic and awesome. <laughs> we, we get stuck going into a whole lot of stuff that just doesn 't work out the way we thought it should
0: well and i I think in the <clears throat> in the realm of an entrepreneur owner realizing they need to bring some people on to give them some help, inevitably, what people do is they turn to friends and family for that help and because it 's an easy fix. Your uh, uncle or aunt or sister or sister-in-law may be willing to work for cheaper. That's a horrible. My nephew's gra-
1: really. <laughs> or, a horrible
0: word. grammatical statement, but we're um, going to
1: coin that phrase now.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Horbler. And
0: and uh, you know they they come in and and so you give them a task and now they start chipping away and now you identify another task. And pretty soon this little job description you've created is very disjointed down at that person's level, yet they're, you know, they're contributing and they're helping you go somewhere. But maybe they really, they don't have the ability to do, like you said, the person you dump a tech assignment on a VA, that Don't not necessarily a good match
1: right? And I see a lot of people do this, especially with their spouses. <laughs> you know, your mm-hmm. nephew and stuff, you go, hey, they play computer games. They must know computers. Well, they can do it. But nephews usually have the wherewithal to go, I don't have a clue what I'm doing anymore. Whereas with spouses, it's almost like we're obligated to <laughs> to fulfill on something, even though we don't know how to do it. And uh, fortunately, Brad and I have worked together for 20 you know, some odd years. And our desks used to be literally an inch away from each other until we until I got into podcasting then I talked too much. Um, but it, it is really hard for people to to give their spouse a, an assignment and say, hey, can you just take care of the accounting for me? Because you know, clearly one person in the relationship is going to be better at the whole accounting side of things than the other. It's very rare that both of them are pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. And so somebody goes, yeah, sure, I'll take over that. And then it becomes, uh, hey, this is not what I signed up for. Yeah. <laughs> and yet- and they can't kind of hit the pause button and tap out
0: the last service business company that I created, uh, my wife and I actually ran it together, but because of my own background and experience as a banker and watching businesses come and go i I, I knew better, and I told her when we got together to start thinking about that, I said, we're going to draw some white hot lines around some stuff." And the you know the things you take I pledge and promise you'll have all of it. I'm not going to question your choices. um, But the things I take, I'm going to ask you not to question my choices. And we can talk about stuff, but we're going to try to maintain those kind of white hot lines. And I did even at one point I hired our youngest son to come to work for me. And I told him on day one, I said, when you come in that door over there, <laughs> it's not mom and dad, it's, you know, the, <laughs> exactly. the boss and the co-boss. And, you know, you need to behave accordingly. And if you get out of line, you're going to be subject to discipline. Well, he was 20 years old and he he veered <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I put him on a 30 day probation and it, it, it scared him and uh i'm very happy to report some 15 years later that he has stayed in that industry and is doing quite well and he's a senior officer of a regional bank now
1: wow (laughs) nice that's awesome um
0: you know the the mindset stuck and and the you know the work prevailed so and, and and you know I, I'd have to say from a family standpoint we we did very well we nice. uh, for various reasons we felt attacked from the outside by the market and challenges in in the business but we never let that mess up our relationships you know nice
1: and I think it has a lot to do with those white hot lines those boundaries that are there and that you've that you know you've got each other's back because I think it is hugely important for entrepreneurs to know that somebody's got their back. And oftentimes we build businesses that we don't necessarily have that conversation because sometimes it has to be us against them. Uh, and it's a tough conversation, especially when people are used to being nice or they're used to, Hey, we got to focus on the positive. we got to focus on what we're building. And it's like, well, yeah. And <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey, um, I need to hey. know you
1: got my back on this one and I'll have your back on that one.
0: Yeah, and this customer relationship just blew up. What are we going to do about that, you know, or or whatever?
1: (laughs) Interesting,
0: interesting. Well, let me ask you this, Michelle, and maybe this is too personal a question. I'll apologize in advance. Uh, I
1: apologize that I will answer it.
0: (laughs) You know, as a female entrepreneur, have you ever felt any of your own challenges out in the world of business and uh, any biases or conflicts or, you know, those kinds of things.
1: As a woman, I am a complete wonder woman. I am impenetrable. <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah, yes, I <laughs> so, um Well, and a lot of them are kind of human. Like we, we face our challenges, period, end of story. And I think too, I was always jealous growing up of people who had entrepreneurs as parents because I think that the dinner... Conversation was a lot different than it was at our family. My dad was an electrician when he graduated from high school, went into electrical, and was an electrician well past when he retired. He's in his nineties and he still can't stop himself from looking at somebody's electrical when he walks in the house. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's there, so there's a an element there of kind of. My parents never really knew what I was doing. They still particularly don't know what I'm doing, and. they have no concept of what a podcast is like it's kind of like a tv show with noise yeah (laughs) like oh okay yeah um so i didn't necessarily get kind of the it's the girls against the guys kind of thing and i've always had kind of a sassier attitude that if i walk into a room full of men it's like yes this is my room I you. own this
0: yeah. room. Yeah, good for you. <laughs>
1: you start getting a bunch of women together, it's like, oh, you know, now there might be some competition in here, and it's it's a one-way street. So yeah, I've always had kind of a a very different attitude about the the boys' room. Yeah, uh, it's to me, it's just a challenge to overcome, because I think too that especially now in business. A lot of the Old Boys Club is trying to figure out like how do we get some creativity in here, how do we get some Nelson here and, and they and if people are uncomfortable with that conversation i'm I'm happy to ease the conversation, have a few jokes, lighten it up like it's not that serious. It's just you know we're all fumbling in the dark trying to figure out how to work this thing out, and you know how do we figure it out? You're creative in this area, awesome, how do we use that
0: uh, yeah so. yeah. Well, I asked the question because as, as some of my listeners know, I've talked about this before, I had the what I count as a good fortune to, to grow up as the only child of a single mom and she had the gumption to quit her day job while I was still in school to go start a business.
1: Good for her. And, That's awesome. And um,
0: I watched her do that and I, at the time when all that unfolded, I really was too young to appreciate what was really going on. I just knew she was working hard. And, you know, that became my summer job is helping her on her work. But, but the thing she was doing, she was an interior designer, which put her on home construction job sites. Yep. And I can remember at five years old walking around, you know, watching guys framing, uh, let me back up. She worked for a home builder. That was her day job before she yep. quit. So, um, you know, I can remember walking around job sites and she was a little, you know, five foot something, 98 pounds soaking wet. And there were all these old gruff superintendents and subcontractors out there. And. She had them lined up against the wall. I mean, you right. know, it was it was like, no.
1: Good for her. You
0: know, that wall does not go over there. It, you know, you it's gotta be moved. And you know, uh, uh, she she made it happen.
1: Good for her. That's awesome. I love hearing that. Well, and I think it really does come down to just a sense of confidence in knowing that in this moment right here, right now, this is the job, this is the objective that has to be met and like we're all here to get that objective met, right? Okay, great. <laughs> so
0: yeah, like,
1: rock yeah. and roll. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, and I think a lot of women will benefit from that kind of attitude and, and thinking that, you know, oh yeah, little girl, you don't know what you're doing. Hey, honey. And it's like, I, I walk in going, Hey, honey, sweet. Hey, sweetness, how you doing. Awesome. Okay. this is how we're doing it. <laughs> it's like, you can pull out on me all you want yeah. to, but I'm going to pull it back. And, um, Sometimes it's appreciated, sometimes it's not, but in the end, we get the job done. So
0: yeah, so sounds like a little bit of water on a duck's back kind of thing, right? You know, you, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you know, stay focused. Well, you 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 mentioned as as sort of a speaker and and um, uh, coach of of sorts before you got into what you were doing. You you did help people with some mindset shifts. What uh, what was that about?
1: Absolutely. So we had in about, um, I was running a, (laughs) ironically, a a website building company. Uh, I had take, at that time you had to program the little, you know, the little dots going around in a circle that, that was all coded at that time. So that was, it was a very different (laughs) website building company than it is now. Uh, And we had, Brad and I had taken some, Bob Proctor courses and we delved into it. It was fascinating to us. So we're just like, yes, this is amazing. It's not just, you know, think happy thoughts and happy things happen to you. That's not what it was at all. It was understanding how the mind works, how we create our successes. And delving into all of that, it was under, we decided, hey, we're going to go and meet Bob and go meet him face to face and take the course just to get to know him better, get to know the material better. And by the time we actually started the course, we decided we were going to do start a company and it pivot and and do the trainings. And we wanted to do it locally because a lot of people were flying all over the world to get access to the information. We're like, let's just do it right here, right now, and and have live courses. So that's what how we decided to frame it. And I noticed that a lot of people that would go through it, some would take it and run with it and they'd be awesome. And some of them, things were holding them back. So I started studying more of the mind and how it works and how we get in our own way with things. And then I started a company called Success Therapy, being able to help people get to the root cause of their limiting beliefs and what's stopping them. And as I was focusing in on my ideal client and what I love to work with, it tended to be the entrepreneurs and executives and helping them to to understand this transformation of entrepreneurial world and the rules of the game were different. So a lot of our clients tended to be the CEOs or C-suite levels that got a buyout and then they'd start a franchise. And they'd be like, okay, so where's my help? Where's my secretary? Yeah, (laughs) you you don't get those anymore. That's not the way this works. Go hire one if you want one. (laughs) You don't get direction from the board of directors anymore. This is you, this is, (laughs) this is you. And, and having to self-promote and having to get up and speak. And there's just so many things that they didn't have to do in their previous life that they had to do now and, and, and themselves getting in the way of it every single step of the way. So being able to catapult that and change the, not only the mindset, but then also looking at, okay, well, I heard I should do this in marketing. (laughs) I've never done marketing before. i ran a company like, oh yeah. Okay. Do this. Don't do that okay, let's strategize in this. Where are we going with this? So a lot of it just became that executive coaching and helping them to build their own million-dollar businesses and to succeed in ways that they just wouldn't have been able to without becoming entrepreneurs. It's yeah.
0: awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. There's a uh, you know, there's a guy in the leadership realm, uh, uh, Marshall Goldsmith, who actually wrote a book called uh, "What Got You Here Won't Get You There." Yeah. And you know, I uh, to use the parameters you're talking about, I, I've I've run into a lot of guys that were very senior guys and gals, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. that were very senior in their corporate life, decided to leave and try to start a business, but those very things, those assumed perks and values and privileges and opportunities they had uh, hit them in the face when they become that sole owner of the business. And it's like, what, I got to do that? <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, the answer is, well, yes, you do have to do it unless you can find somebody to do it for you and, you know, get them properly integrated in it. And that is a huge mindset shift that has to happen. And. Some make it and some don't. Sadly, but mm-hmm. uh, well, you know. and
1: it is being able to, you know, for everything from finding an accountant that that actually acts as a tax accountant and advisor, not just somebody that does the books for you, and it's understanding that there's a lot more. One at risk to abdicating, and two that it does take some wherewithal to be able to say, okay, I need to know enough about something to know whether or not I'm asking the right questions, to know whether or not I'm getting the advice that I need. And a lot of people think, especially when it comes for some reason to tax accountants, lawyers, (laughs) tax, (laughs) is that they just do this thing and they do the right thing all the time. It's like, well, no, we need to know what your strategy is. We need to know what your uh, opinions are. We need to know what your uh, decisions are going to be because, you know, yes, I can tell you, okay, you should... Really, have a board meeting every year, and it should be somewhere exotic so that you guys get away. And this is the write off. But if you're terrified of flying and you don't want to do that, I can't tell you that that's what you have to do. I can't tell you that, anyways. I'm not a tax advisor, so don't take that advice. But yeah. <laughs> you do want to know hey, you no, know, I heard this girl talking. And <laughs> yeah. What was that all about?
0: Yeah, no, I think you're right. And when you try to think about uh, the specialties you need to add into your landscape, there is it is uh, it is uh, some critical decision making that has to happen, and and ways to balance that out. And and also, I you know, I'll just inter- interject. There's there's something to be said for being willing to push back even when they give you their answer, because sometimes. That's not the absolute answer. Sometimes it is, but more often than not, it's it's not. And you've got choices still as the owner of which way you want to go. There's and which a reason that do. their
1: books are that thick. <laughs> yeah. When you're when you're the books that you're going by are you know four inches thick and there's you know, scads of them. Obviously, it's not a black and white decision. There are many, 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 many shades of gray, and and you really want to be able to know enough to be dangerous and ask the use that danger to ask the questions not to do the work yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, going back to the chapter in my life when I was a banker, I, I spent way, way, way too many hours with attorneys. And, and uh, you know, I, I loved working with most of them, not all of them, but most of them. And, uh, you know, it was quite an interesting education. And one of the best ones I ever worked with, he was the first guy that told me, hey, Just because I've got J.D. by my name, there's a lot of decisions you've still got to make. I'm going to give you advice and counsel on what your risks are and ways to mitigate those risks. But when it's all said and done, you just need to tell me which way you want to go. I'll I'll write the document accordingly. I'll do the filing accordingly. Um, I'm not going to be the one to tell you this is the only answer you can have and uh i personally thought that was brilliant and you know i've heard some people say well then what the hell am i paying you for (laughs) and you know well you're paying for that advice that can paint the guide rails and show you the path that might be your safest and best avenue but oh
1: yeah i compare it to kind of hiring an architect an architect can build you an A-frame house. They can build you a square house. They can build you a roundhouse. (laughs) You have to decide which one you want. In the end, there's nothing right or wrong with any of them. uh, Unless, of course, you live in a very high snow laden area, then you probably want a house that looks kind of like your neighbor's (laughs) because they probably built it that way for a reason. But you know, uh, when it comes right down to it, it's your decision and you're the one that's kind of living with the choices that you make. And, and if you're going, well, I really wish I had gone that route, that's not on them, that's on you.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you what, Michelle, I think we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, tell oh. everybody the best way to, well, yeah, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Tell everybody the best way to get a hold of you if they're interested in learning more or, or asking you for some help.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'd love to give your audience a gift, if I may. Please do, yeah. Awesome. So we have a website audit that is normally a $500 um, product. It gives you about a 30, 40-page report of all your green lights, your yellow lights, and your red lights, meaning that the Google gods will stop traffic from coming to your site if you disobey their rules, <laughs> kind of like traffic cops. So they put out the, the red lights, and any of those that you get back, you want to make sure that you set up properly. They usually involved a bunch of acronyms in the back end of your website, but you wanna make sure that those are all set up properly so that you're getting traffic to your site. You'll get a bunch of green lights, which are awesome. That means that Google's allowing the traffic to go to your site. They're allowing people to see that and go through. And then you'll have a whole ton of yellow lights, which Google's slowing down your traffic. And you may or may not want to kind of look at those areas. It's kind of like the gray area of the search engines. Um, And at the end of that, once you get that report, you'll get a link to connect with me, and I'm happy to go over the report with you just so that it's in English, you understand it, you take it back to your team, do whatever you like, and if you want to ask questions about strategies or tech or whatever your heart desires, I am open for that conversation.
0: That's awesome. Well, uh, we will have a link for that in the show notes that we'll share with everybody, so uh, thank you for offering that up, Michelle, that's great. And um, once again, thank you so much for sitting in. This was awesome. Probably well, pro- probably want to have you back. I got a feeling we got some other things we ought to talk about, but.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome, I love it.
0: <laughs> All right, well, folks, we are gonna uh, wrap this up, sign off, but I do want to remind everybody, we've got a video version of this show over on YouTube, a channel by the same name, Leadership Powered by Common Sense. If you're uh, simply listening to us on your favorite streaming service, Hop over to YouTube, give us a view, subscribe if you're interested. The show is producing three times a week, so we got a lot of content coming at you. We have some other great guests in the queue, and you'll want to hang in there and get the notices about upcoming episodes. So thank you for sitting in right now. Hope to see you again real soon. For now, we're going to sign off, say goodbye, have a great day. You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense,
1: hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.